Scanner School, we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today, we are talking about the brand new change to Radio Reference. This is the Radio Reference Database 2.0 rollout that happened just last month. How you doing? My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. My GMRS call sign is WQXJ920. And this is session number 235 of the Scanner School podcast. You can find all the session notes on our website over at scannerschool.com slash session 235. Now, before we get started, you know the routine by now. I'm going to ask you for your questions because I have another Ask Scanner School session already lined up. In fact, we have countless others lined up because on the first of the month, or the first Tuesday of the month, be more specific, is when I answer your questions. And in order to keep those podcast episodes coming, I need your questions. So please go to our website over at scannerschool.com slash ask, fill out the form and email us. If you want to go into you know an opportunity to win a free tutoring session, though, you can leave us a voicemail by clicking on the speak pipe button on that page or by picking up your phone and dialing 516-308-2885. And that will put you in the running for a free tutoring session. So just last month, Lindsay over at Radio Reference, the owner of Radio Reference, has released the first full rewrite of the database in about 10 years, in his words. This is Radio Reference Database Release 2.0. The team did an excellent job at building this new update. Now, I know a lot of people are kind of like, "Uh, I don't know if I like it yet. Look, I'm going to help you through it. Today's podcast episode is all about telling you where to find things and how 2.0 is much better than 1.x. In fact, I even have a video that's going to accompany this podcast episode, and it's already online over at YouTube. Tell you what, go to scannerschool.com slash session 235 V for Victor or V for video, and that will take you right to the video that accompanies this podcast episode. Now, They've spent about a month and a half going from beta to public release. That's a pretty long time when it comes to what they're doing. There's been a lot of changes, a lot of updates, a lot of code pushing, and a lot of feedback in order to get from initial release in beta to full-on deployment. And I think when Lindsay did full-on deployment back in, was it May 15th, it was a Sunday, it was the right time and the right decision to do so. And again, there was a bit of uproar because people wanted to retain the, what they were comfortable with. But I'm, again, 2.0 is so much better. It brings new fonts and it's easier to see. The, it's crisper and cleaner. Yes, it is a definite change on how it looks, but it's easier to see. The new feel and the new placement of buttons and hamburger menus 
yes, it's a little bit different when you have muscle memory, but give it some time and you will completely readjust to the new format here. If I can do it, you can do it. So I'm going to tell you today on the podcast where you can find all the information that you need in order to navigate the Radio Reference database now that it's up to date on 2.0. Again, this is podcast only. If you want the video, scannerschool.com slash session 235V for video, or just subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm telling you, that's going to be the best thing to do going forward. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early. And also, you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Shock Berry, James Broxton, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lowe, Lopez, Nicholas Stanger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Roger Stenstrom, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazza, Ted Glendie, and William Arcand. Okay, so close our eyes if we're not driving here, and let's imagine we're navigating to the radio reference database. Again, the video that comes along with this podcast episode is really going to be helpful for you. The first thing we notice when we open the database is we'll see a quick guide, which will walk us through everything that we need to get adjusted to with the new database. This is such a great enhancement on anything that's been rolled out because it's going to hold your hand and it's going to say, if you need to find this, go over here. If you need to find that, go over there. I strongly recommend that you take a couple of minutes and go through the tour. And if you need a refresher on where to find things, you can always put your website browser into incognito mode or private browsing mode or whatever it is that you can use on your personal browser that lets you go under the radar, so to speak, right? That will re reestablish a brand new connection between you and Radio Reference, and you will then see those pop-ups again. Believe me, it works. I've done it. As long as those pop-ups are happening still when you listen to this podcast episode, you will see those pop-ups because I've already stopped seeing them on my normal browser. But in order to create this podcast episode, guess what I did? I went through for private browsing and there were the pop-ups again. So make sure 
you pay attention to those pop-ups. Again, take time to read them, and there's almost one for every page, right? The main page, the county page, the state page, the trunking page. And we're going to start off our virtual tour here from the very top. When you first enter the radio reference database, you're going to notice it's different. It's no longer taking you to your country. Here in the U.S., we see a beautiful picture of the United States. I'm hoping that the database defaults to your country if you're outside the U.S. I don't know if it does that or not because I'm in the U.S. and that's where my setup is. So if you're in Canada or if you're outside of North America, hopefully it will take you to your state. But for now, it doesn't do that anymore. You get a brand new database page. and There's a lot of stuff to look at through here, right? So we notice there's a couple of blue icons that go across above the fold, right? And one of them is called the browse button. This browse button will take us right to the old familiar radio reference database page. So if you're completely lost and you're already digging your heels in, just press browse. That will reestablish you to exactly, well, more or less exactly to a page that you are more familiar with. The navigation also has the ability to browse all data and also nationwide data over on the left sidebar. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit more detail later on in the podcast episode. Next to the browse button in blue, there's also a near me button that's also in blue. This is used to find frequencies that are near you. This pulls the geolocation data from your browser's current location. And you may need to turn on location permissions to have this work correctly. On my computer, I have locations turned off, which means when I press that button, I get a nice little pop-up window that says, uh-uh, you've disabled this feature. But if you have it enabled, you should be able to click that button and go right to an area that is close to you. To the right of that, you've got a button called Submit Data. And this allows you to add data that you've logged personally that might be missing from Radio Reference or that needs a correction to Radio Reference to the database. And then you'll have a Radio, radio Reference database admin like myself accept your submission, either give you feedback on it or apply it to the database that's in production. Again, you could also use the sidebar in, I guess it's like a funny looking gray color. I guess, over on the left-hand side to submit your data as well. There's also a button called My Radio Reference. Now, this is a button that is really going to be useful for those of us who have premium accounts on Radio Reference. What do you do with the My Radio Reference? Well, this is the ability to monitor for any changes on a local life, a local area, right? So if I wanted to put in my local county and my adjacent counties, and I want to monitor those and maybe some trunk systems for any changes, I can see those changes at a quick button press by going to my radio reference. Or I can also see those changes when I go to the main radio reference website the very first page of radio reference before you go into the database, before you go into the forums, right? The main page. The My Radio Reference information is located there as well. Going back to the database, we also have a search database feature. And this is a very useful feature that allows you to quickly search the database for descriptions and categories and trunk systems and metro areas. And I've worked with a lot of people in some tutoring sessions and even through some consulting sessions, and they just seem to navigate right to that search database box. That's that's where they go to. And I'm, I'm telling you, don't don't click in there. I mean, it's very helpful, right? 
But really what you want to do is you want to click on the blue button that says browse. That's going to be basically your home for what you're trying to do here. Now, we also have some more information on that main page there, such as information about radio reference, right? There's a 30 30-day database trends window there that shows us the number of database changes, new opened submissions for the last week, worked submissions for the last week, and also the total number of submissions that exist in the radio reference database. It's kind of a health report to show you what's happening here. And then even below that, too, we've got some statistics, right? The number of frequencies that are defined in the database, the number of talk groups, What's interesting, too, is the number of encrypted frequencies are there, the number of encrypted talk groups, how many trunk systems, and how many trunk sites. So if you want to see, basically, and keep a running record of how many encrypted frequencies and talk groups are down there to prove any particular point you're trying to prove, that's where you can do so. But we also have, again, we've got this left menu bar that's also on the main page. I know we're spending a lot of time on the main page because this is the newest thing that you see, right? So what do we see here? We see on the left-hand side, again, the ability to submit data, right? To browse data, to browse nationwide data really quick with just the push of one button here. The ability, again, to search the database. We can query the database all from here, right? Such as you can find frequencies for trunk systems, FCC data, and even amateur radio database right there on the left-hand side. One-click access to all this stuff. There's also some reports. And what do these reports do? They will show you the number of frequencies that are defined in the radio reference database. Or you can even run a trunk system report, which will tell you how many trunking talk groups there are defined in the database or the trunking sites. Or you can even filter out and view what kind of system and flavor you want to find, such as do you want to find DMR capacity plus systems or P25 phase two systems or phase one systems or even EDAC systems, or how many of these systems are still in the database, you can do a report and query that information right through Radio Reference. And there's even a little area down at the bottom, again, which gives you a glossary. So if you need a refresher on what some of the terms are that are that are used, use the glossary. If you want to find out the information that could be submitted into the Radio Reference database, there's a handbook link for you down there. And there's even an API, which... If you want to embed the radio reference database on your own website or in an app, use the API access to request access and also to uh, add that information into your own website. So what are we going to do while we're here? Well, we're going to click on browse because that's the main area of the database and the area that we are most used to and most comfortable with. So when I click on the blue browse button, I'm greeted by a map of the United States. Again, this looks very familiar to the original radio reference database. We have entire map of the U.S. Below that, we have a new button that says, please see nationwide frequencies in use in the country. All right, so think amateur radio or common aviation, special events like air shows and federals such as ATF, Coast Guard, right? Federal disaster, Secret Service, anything that's a nationwide use would probably be under that heading, okay? So what are we going to do here? Well, the next logical step when we're trying to find a frequency for our area is we click on the state view, right? 
But before we get there, there's several different things that we want to get to, right? First of all, there's a brand new hamburger menu off on the top right of the screen. And again, that also takes us over to nationwide frequencies. Again, what's the theme here? We're finding multiple different ways of getting to the same information, depending on how it is you like to navigate through things. But below the U.S., below your country, right, there's also a search bar for search for location or city. You can search by state. You can browse by metro area. You can also browse by U.S. zip code. It's all down here at the bottom of the screen. So if you want to jump using the click map, you can. If you want to browse by using the areas below where you use the pull downs, you can use that as well. So let's jump into a state view. Again, this is the same, but it's different, right? The left side of the radio reference database, we have a picture of our state. The green counties in the state have been updated within the last 24 hours. The yellow counties have been updated in the last seven days. The gray counties have not been updated beyond the last seven days. The right side, though, this is a little bit new. Again, this is where we can find our statewide frequencies and agencies, okay? So anything running in the state is now located to the right of the map. Now, below the map again, we are also going to see browse by county, browse by metro area, or even query by frequency. And again, we can filter those by tone. So again, the next logical step here is to jump down into the county. But before we do that, though, we have to remember there's a hamburger menu off to the top right of the screen here. And in there, we can get reports for amateur radio, trunk systems, FCC licensing, we can go right to the download section for the state. We can go to the forums for the state. We can get to the wiki for the state. And it's a link also to Broadcastify so we can listen to live feeds from the state. Again, don't forget about these little hamburger menus, right? All right. We're going to jump now into the county. Again, to the left, we see the picture of the state with the county that we've selected highlighted. Okay. The county page comes up. Again, if you're still running through the tour, make sure you follow the tour guide. Every step of the way so far should have had a tour guide. Okay. The area to the right of the county, though, is now different. And this is the key difference. And originally, in Radio Reference 1.0, all the trunk systems were located down at the bottom of the county page. They're no longer located there. They're located to the right of the picture of the state and the county. Why they move there? Because for a lot of people, you're jumping right into the county. So why scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page to get to where you have to go to? Lindsay did a great job at moving all the trunk information to the top of the page because that's where a lot of people are navigating right to. So we can see the trunked information up there. We can also jump into amateur radio. We can also jump down into each subcategory from right there at the top of the page. But if we're not going to jump through that now and we're going to scroll through, we can also see the basic high, uh, structure, right? Categories, subcategories. Again, these line up perfectly again with what we see in software like Sentinel or ProScan and Butel when we do an import from Radio Reference. Again, don't forget about our hamburger menus because there's more information that we can find within these hamburgers. So here's a little fun fact or a little fun tidbit while we're still in the conventional screen on our county. 
if you click on an FCC license for these counties, or for these frequencies rather, it will take you to a separate web page that has the FCC information for each call sign. You can grab the FRN, you can grab the licensing name, you can find out if it's expired or not. But what's most important here is the fact that you can get a map of all the transmitter locations for the county. It's right here in the radio reference database. And each location too is marked as if it were in the radio uh, from the FCC. Now, if you click on one of these points on the map, you'll get more detailed information about it, such as the name of the location or the address as to where it's defined in the FCC website. And again, scrolling down gives you the frequency dump of all of the frequencies for that particular call sign. It's kind of something very interesting to see in the radio reference database. And again, too, if you click on some of the hamburgers as well, you can even see some subcategory details, such as the radius of these subcategories. And the radius is important because each one of these can be different within the county. And when we set up geolocation services in our radios that support GPS operations, we want to really know what that range is for each one of these subcategories. Because, again, if you're listening to, say, any town, and any town is a really small town, it may only have a radius of, of one mile or two miles. And larger town may have a radius of 20 miles. One may override or, or cover the other, right? Umbrella the other. So just because you hear larger town doesn't mean you can hear any town wherever you may be traveling. So it's interesting to know the coverage of that small any town versus where you are and versus where your range setting is set to. So by diving into some of these maps in the radio reference database, will help you with your radio programming if you're using GPS programming in your scanner. Again, this is something that hasn't changed in Radio Reference 2.0, but it's something that is, I think, a hidden feature of the Radio Reference database. So I, I, I am pushing you to kind of explore that. All right, so we've seen a lot of stuff now through the conventional side or in our mind's eye, right? But if we click on trunk systems, this will now take us to a familiar part of the website where I had all of the trunk systems. Again, where I find this again, if you're following on the webpage and listening to us on the podcast, to the right of the county page or to the right of the county map on the county page, there's a list of the top one should be our trunked sites in the county. We click on that and it brings up another webpage. All this information here used to be at the very bottom of the county page. It's now a separate page, so to speak, but it has all of our trunked information in here. So again, we're going to select any old trunk system in here. And of course, it brings up a very familiar page for us again. Nothing on this page has really drastically changed, except we have a couple of hamburger menus. Again, we want to take a look at those. All right, let me take a step back here. What is a hamburger menu? A hamburger menu are those three little lines. They call it a hamburger menu because it's top bun, the meat, and then bottom bun. It could be called a sandwich menu, but I, I've heard them called as hamburger menus, okay? So anyway, that's the three lines that are up in the corner. All right. So what we can find underneath here as well, we have downloads, we have watch, right? We have discussions, and uh, we have 
changes as well, change history. Watch is basically adding it to my radio reference. Now, as we go through, again, we've got the site names. And again, if we click on a site name, it brings us over to more information about this particular site, such as its call signs, its neighbors, right? And even a map of where all of these towers are located within the site, which again is very interesting because now I am also looking at what they call the west site from neighboring county. And it looks like it's got transmitters that go over the east, but the west site is only covering the west. So that's kind of a mismatch between the FCC licensing and how it's actually set up. So that's something I'm going to flag for future entertainment value and go back and see what uh, what might, to be, might need to be changed there. But again, you can look at an FCC license report or find maps about each one of these particular sites that are part of the trunk system. And again, as we scroll down, we get a typical grid of all the talk groups that are in the system, right? Decimal, hex, mode, alpha tag, description, and even the tags. Another thing I want to point out here as well is if you hover over each one of the heading, it will give you a little bit of information about what is in each column here. So a lot of things so far we discussed about, some of it's new, some of it's not new. It's just in a different place, right? Don't be scared by a change in what you see in the radio reference database. It is still the same database that we know and we love. Again, we've got more to talk about here. We're gonna talk about what we can find in the left bar in the radio reference database and why we'd wanna use that on the other side of this break. And again, as a reminder, Check out the video that accompanies this podcast episode, scannerschool.com slash session 235V for video. For anybody who's a Patreon supporter, at the $3 month level, we'll skip this break. Again, if you want to support the podcast, go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. For everybody else, we'll catch you right after this quick break. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out scannerschool.com slash support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com slash support. Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, 
MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection? And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on besides your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swissome and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell POGSAC and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss phone, and Unication dealer serving the North American market and, of course, is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory or to request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. Okay. Let's spend some time now going through the left menu bar in the radio reference database. Again, the left bar is here because it gives us some shortcuts that we don't have on the main page here. So the left side bar here, basically, if we click at the very, very top of the page where it says radioreference.com, that takes us all the way home back to radio reference. Of course, below that, there's an ad for Scanner Master. Again, I also recommend Scanner Master. If you want to help us out and you want to place an order through Scanner Master, scannerschool.com slash Scanner Master. Now, below that, now we get into the main section of that funny gray color. I don't know what color you'd call this, but it's charcoal, dark gray, I don't know, light black, whatever it is. It looks nice. It's a database homepage button on there. And again, that resets you back to where you'd be going to the database. Below that, you've got My Radio Reference. Again, it's a premium sub uh, sub subscriber to the database. I have a My Radio Reference link there, and that, again, allows me to see any changes that I am watching in the database. Below that is something that I would really like to highlight here, and I hope that is something that you guys would use, and that is called the Submit Data button under submissions. And what that allows you to do is to submit data that you have logged and verified. And that's the key point here, verified to be in use. And you can either do this based on conventional data or trunk data, right? So think about it. Instead of navigating through your country, state, and then county to submit data, it's right there in the left bar, saving you a bunch of clicks to submit data. And as a reminder, below the buttons to submit data, there is a submission guidelines page. And again, I remind you to just take a look at that so that you understand what a quality submission is. Again, input, output frequencies, PL tones, an alpha tag, a description, service types, right? Is it 
a mode. All these different things help us get information from you into the database easier. And again, if you have a lot of submissions to add, you can drop them all in if they're under the same category. Just use a format, right? And that'll help us format all of your bulk changes so we can put them into radio reference. Now, also under the submissions tab, we have my submissions. And what is my submissions? This shows you all of the submissions that you have made to the radio reference database. You can see if they are worked or if they are owned by somebody, if they've been rejected, hopefully they haven't been rejected. But yes, even yours truly has a couple of submissions that have been rejected. It happens. Okay, below that, we have the browse database buttons. Now, what can we do with the browse database? Well, the first one is to browse all data. Again, this takes us right into the map. This is the same as clicking the blue browse button. So again, instead of going all the way back home and then going all the way back to browse, we can use the left menu bar just to click on browse to kind of reset ourselves and take us back to the United States. Likewise, we can one click our way into nationwide frequencies again under browse data and then find common aviation, amateur radio, common businesses, right? Different events, federals, interop, marine, military, miscellaneous, public safety, and even nationwide railroads are all under the nationwide frequencies. It really makes it a lot easier to navigate and find things with this left menu bar. The next one below that is the search database. And search database comes up with a pop-up window, so to speak. And it asks you basically for a name or a city or a system or a description. And it will search the database for whatever it is you are trying to find. Very easy, very simple to do. Below that now, we have got our queries. Our queries, we can do frequency data, trunk system data, FCC data, and amateur radio data. So let's break down each one here. So queries based on frequency is very helpful, especially if you're chasing down an unknown frequency or you think you might have found something that's coming from out of state because you can put in a frequency for the entire database. So if I want to look up I don't know, 453.4125, for example. I can drop that in the frequency database and find out every time that that frequency is defined in the database. I can also add a tone to that because if I am receiving something that is coming in from skip or whatever, and I put the tone in, I can now find out exactly where I am receiving that frequency from. Or if maybe you want to go traveling, you can just look for a frequency in a metro area and see what it might be if you're someplace new. Say I'm taking a trip to, oh, I don't know, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, whatever you want to call it, right? And I can just do a quick search through there if I'm actually over in California, and I can find out, oh, okay, that's I put my radio in search mode. I'm hearing a lot of activity on this one. Who is this? And I can quickly search by doing that as well. The trunk data is a little bit different because we can query by trunk system name. We can query by talk group. But what's really, again, interesting here is we can query by system ID. Again, this stuff is not new, the way that you can query stuff. It's just where you get to it, right? And querying by hexadecimal is nice because, again, what if you're up late at night or what if you have a band opening and all of a sudden you're receiving a trunk control channel that you've never heard before? Is it a new control channel or is this something that's coming in from outside of your normal listening area? Well, entering in the system ID 
will help you find out if this is something that is brand new because it's not in the database yet, or is it something that's normally outside of your area? And if it's something that's normally outside of your area, that could be very helpful to find out, hey, I could start grabbing these talk groups now and maybe I can listen to this trunk system for just a little bit before the band closes again. Below that, we have our FCC data. And again, our, I'm sorry, below that, meaning on the left-hand side on the query, on the trunk system data, the next one is FCC data. And again, this is a nice and easy way to search the FCC database. Now, again, this also be brought into radio reference in order to be uh, queryable. But again, it's easier to do it this way than it is to go through the FCC ULL, ULS database. It's a lot easier to do it this way than it is to do it through the FCC website. So we can query based on call sign, FCC license name, FRN. We can look by uh, state and frequency or metro area and frequency. We can also find proxy searches, which is nice as well. So if I know I want to find something generically within five miles of my home that's registered there, I can do that through the FCC as well. Finally, under query, we have amateur radio, and this is where we can do a call sign lookup. We can look up by last name or even find all of the registered call signs in a particular zip code. Now, another one that's very interesting, again, we talked about earlier are the reports. That's the next heading on the left menu bar. So conventional data will show us basically just a summary of all of the defined conventional frequencies in the uh, FCC database. This is limited to just the top 20 countries with the lowest number being from China with only 88 conventional frequencies defined. Trunked radio reports is the next one under that heading. And again, we can find out the total number of talk groups, the total number of trunking sites, and we can even again find our trunk system type reports. We can filter out, for example, if we wanna find out how many DMR tier three standard setups there are in the country or or defined in the database rather we can find that as well and again the top one in here right away goes to calgary right so it's not limited to just the united states in fact there's some in here from london there's some in here for, from the us and etc cetera, etc cetera. so we can quickly find out right all of these different types of setups if we're looking to monitor something different, right? And of course, we have our update reports, which shows us all the most recent changes to the radio reference database. And then finally below that, we've got our glossary. And again, our glossary at the bottom left-hand side of the report allows us to quickly uh, get some definitions as to what's commonly used here. We can see the database handbook. And again, we have our API which is helpful if we have our own website or we're building an app and we want to integrate the FCC database on our own website. I do use the FCC database on some of my own websites, and I really do think it's very helpful to be able to just pull the data because instead of me maintaining my own frequency list, which can be time-consuming, I can really manipulate some of the data from the uh, API calls in Radio Reference, and instead of having the information show as if it's from the Radio Reference database, I can just pepper in the information I want from the database. So that is also very cool to do as well. So let's quickly talk about some tips and tricks, right? These are some things that might be a little bit helpful, some shortcuts to get you, guide you through Radio Reference Database 2.0. So if you want to find all of the trunk systems in a state, you can easily do that. Again, you want to go to your database home. You're going to go to browse, and you're going to go to your state home, right? Just your part, your main state. 
Click on, again, the little hamburger menu on the top right of the page, and you clicked on Trunk Radio Systems. And this will bring up all of the trunked radio systems that are in a particular state. Again, it shows the flavor, such as LTR Standard, DMR Capacity Plus. It also shows the city, the county, and when it was last updated. But here is a big tip and trick for you. What if you wanted to find deprecated systems or systems that are no longer in use? I know that's something that I always thought I need to bookmark each one of these systems that I might want to go back to in the future. Well, I'll tell you what. If you go to the trunk system page for the state, again, click the hamburger on the top right of the state page, click on trunk systems. Now scroll all the way down to the bottom of that state. You now have the deprecated link at the very bottom. And it's it's hidden down there a little bit. But this will show all of the trunk systems that have been sunsetted in your state. And just looking at New York, I can find we have Albany City Public Safety, American Airlines JFK, even my county's old EDAC system is in this list here, right? These are systems that are no longer in use, but are saved here for historical purposes. Really recommend digging this up and looking at it if you want to take a trip through memory lane. Okay, so what's another tip that I have for you? Well, we can go and look at the FCC data. So again, if you want to look at the FCC data, we go back to our main state page, click on the hamburger, and look at the FCC licenses for the state. Again, you can query by license, the actual frequency, or also by licensing name. And again, below that, though, we've got the latest 250 FCC grants for the state listed there. So it's a quick way of finding new frequencies for the state. And again, I'm very surprised to see that my own county has got a huge list in here on frequencies that I were I was just assuming were no longer in use, but they've updated the use of those frequencies, which is good to know because again, it shows that they're still using some of these frequencies. And I'm looking at them closer now. Yeah, this one here I know is used by the snowplows. I'm glad to see they've uh, relicensed that frequency, which means, again, when it snows again this year, I'll be able to look at that, uh, listen to that frequency. So, we also have one last thing I want to point out here for the state, and that is the downloads. So, if we go into downloads for the state, we can look at all identified files in CSV. But if we dig down to the county, right? We can do the exact same thing. We dig into the county and we click on the hamburger menu. We also can grab downloads and we can grab a PDF now of all the frequencies for that county. We can also grab a CSV file. But again, if we dig down, for example, into the trunk system, and that's what I'm doing here, and we click on the hamburger menu. And if we click on downloads under the trunk system, we also can get the CSV file specifically for the talk groups and the frequencies for that trunk system. We can get a PDF file, but we can also get for some systems such as P25 systems, we can download a DSD formatted sites file and a DSD formatted talk groups data file. So in summary here, there's a lot of changes to the radio reference database version 2.0. And I feel this is a huge improvement over the prior versions. Yes, 
It did take me some time to get used to using 2.0, but I have to tell you, once I started using it, I completely forgot about version 1.0, and I'm not exaggerating here. If I had to go backwards to 1.0 right now, 1.x, I think I would really miss some of the improvements, especially when it comes to navigation with what has happened in version 2.0. Now, as a reminder, some of the information we talked about today, such as the the My Radio Reference requires premium access to the Radio Reference database and also pulling data out of the database with software like ProScan and Butel would also require premium accounts with Radio Reference. Look, Lindsay just announced that he is removing all of the advertisement banners that showed up through Radio Reference through non-premium accounts, okay? The guy is losing money on that. He's made it very clear that that it, it's a big hit to radio reference to turn that off, but he thought it was in everybody's best interest to do so. If you have any, see any value in using the database, right? Volunteer to either broadcast through Broadcastify or, or become a radio reference database admin or put money on the table. 30 bucks for a year is well worth it. I strongly suggest supporting Radio Reference. The, the hobby wouldn't be here without all the dedication that Lindsay and his entire team have been doing for years and years and well over a decade now, right? So the cornerstone of the hobby deserves a lot of attention, I think. And, you know, that that's really all I can say. So if you have any questions about the new database over at Radio Reference, there's a whole thread over and it's growing every single day on where can I find this or any help with this or I have feedback about that, I strongly suggest you go ahead and check that out. Again, I've got a video that's accompanying this podcast episode. You can check that out over on our YouTube channel. And if you need help with anything scanner radio related, don't forget I'm available for tutoring over at scannerschool.com slash tutoring. Before we close out, I do need your questions for the next Ask Scanner School session, scannerschool.com slash ask. And I would love your feedback on this podcast episode. Please go to scannerschool.com slash discord to be a part of our own scanner radio community. With that, I'm going to say 73. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out the video over on YouTube and subscribe to it. Again, scannerschool.com slash session 235V Victor for the video. Seventy three everyone, my name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School, where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73.